Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Humans of Speedway. In this episode, not just one guest, but two guests. We have a father and son combination. Gary Flint is the team manager and co-promoter at the Berwick Bandits. And his son, Leon Flint, is under-21 British champion, under-19 British champion, the captain of the Berwick Bandits heading into 2023, and a rising star with the Wolverhampton Wolves in the British Speedway Premiership. I managed to egg my dad into to giving it another go. Seeing him ride, I was like, oh, well, I want to I wanna do better than him, which wasn't hard. I'd done that within a week. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to enjoy this one, I'm pretty sure. Um, Leon Flint talking about his career, finding out about which British Speedway legend ultimately we have to thank for really getting him onto a Speedway bike and him deciding that it was the career for him. We'll also hear about Gary's story as well, what it's like being a promoter and a team manager and his riding career and his audacious attempt to make a comeback to riding so he could ride alongside Leon not so long ago and why that was thwarted. And they're going to design their dream Speedway meetings at the end of this as well. So uh, lots to get through. Let's crack straight on as we welcome to Humans of Speedway, Gary Flint and Leon Flint. Welcome, guys. No, thanks for having us. Not a problem at all and looking forward to chatting. Um, let's start in the present because... At the time of releasing this and recording this, it's it's early 2023, it's January, and people might think that there's nothing going on in Speedway, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Speedway, whether you're riding or not, happens all the way through the year, doesn't it? Uh, you've announced the Berwick Bandits lineup for the championship team, and things getting together now in the National League as well, and you're making some announcements there, getting the team together. So um, whilst uh, it's all happening behind the scenes, it's a busy time for you both. Yeah, that's it. Obviously, uh, you know, the the season finished uh, last year with, with a bit of a thud, and, and straight away we, you know, as a management team, we kind of looked at it and... and you know, talked about how we wanted to move forward as a as a team and as a club, and 
you know, I'm 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 super excited with the the seven bandits that we've put together. Um, I think it's it, it's definitely the the strongest team we put together under under our reign anyway, and and obviously uh, it's pretty cool to have Leon there as captain as well. So you know, we we kind of got that done all all pretty sharpish really, and and. Uh, yeah, kind of focus turn, turns to the bullets now. And like you say, we're, we're taking away with that, with probably more riders to, to be announced later later this week and over the weekend. And yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty much a forward-thinking club and, and the bullets is a massive part of that. So we we want to get back to to the reason why we started the team and, and uh, help lads progress and, and and move on in the sport, really. With the Bandits, of course, um, Leon, your team captain, your son, is uh, is with us, and we'll talk to him about that in a sec. But you've also br- uh, brought back uh, Thomas Jorgensen into the lineup, who's a familiar face. And, and Rory Schlein, I think, was probably the one that probably got the biggest eyebrow. Uh, well, I mean, I know f- from hearing from Chris Van Stratton, he was... He thought it was a wind-up that Rory Schlein was asking to come back and race for Wolves, but how how did he uh, how did it the conversation come around for for Rory coming to Berwick? Oh yeah, pretty much the same as Chris. I thought it was a bit of a wind-up as well. You know, he dropped dropped me a message and um, and at the time we were you know we were we were negotiating with Bomber and and trying to figure out how we could make things work for him and his family and and obviously you know that that didn't look like it was going to happen. So within a, a day or two, we, we had done a deal with Rory and, you know, I couldn't be happier to have him really. He's a, you know, he's an ultimate pro and, and we'll do points wise, what Bomber done, if not a little bit more and, you know, all right for the fans, it's, it's probably not going to be the spectacle we had with Bomber. You know, you were at Berwick a few times and you've seen what he could do around there. So, uh, but from a team manager point of view, I'd much rather Bomber made uh, five out of five starts and, and went on and smoked it anyway. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, having Thomas, Thomas knows Berwick inside out. He's He's been there a, a few times and I know his starting average raised a few eyebrows, um, mainly based on, on what he'd done in 2019 in the championship, but you know, in twenty nineteen he was also only a four pointer in the in the premiership. Now he's you know, he's a he's a six and a half pointer at that, so he's he's definitely coming to us a, a better and a more established rider. So it's uh it's good to have two two big hitters there and, and let Leon's progression carry on the way it has been without the pressure of having to step up and and be a number five or or even a number one like he, he kind of had to be in in twenty twenty two, so yeah, it's uh, it'll be good and you know I think um, with a bit of luck on our side and and staying injury free, we'll we'll be there or thereabouts come come September. And that's always the hope, isn't it? And I think every every year you know, Berwick put together a decent side, and it's it's luck, isn't it? It's luck that's the the team member that's maybe not arriving. You get the injuries at the wrong time, or or whatever, and that's what again you just missed out by those few points. And that's what you that's the signing you really need, isn't it? This year because you've, you everything else is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And and obviously with the new point scoring system, home advantage is is going to be key. Um, and I think we'll have that in abundance, you know. Um, 
with with the top three of Leon, uh, Rory, and, and Thomas, you kind of know what you're going to get from that. Um, and and Jai at home is as good as a number one, and you know Jonas is only going to get better. I think, you know, if we're being honest, his his worst meetings he had in in Bandit's Colours were probably at home. But it's a tricky place to get dialed into. So once he once he does that, and I'm pretty sure he's he's almost there based on his uh, his last performance for us last year. Will be a super super strong top five, and you know for for guys coming in at, at reserve with Nathan and Connor, we've got two battlers there, and and that's all we want. You know, as a as a management team, we're we're not asking them to go out and score five, six, seven points every week. We're asking them to go out and beat their opposite numbers. So, you know, if they come away with three or four a week between them, we'll be uh, we'll be super happy. Leon, to you then, um, you're starting this season in a, a completely different um, position. Obviously, you are captain of the Berwick Bandits, which, I mean, surely must be a proud moment in your career anyway. But on top of that, you're starting a season as under-19 champion and under-21 champion. I mean, this is like a, a different platform for you to be to be starting a season with, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, going into 2020, I kind of didn't really... I set personal goals, um, but I didn't expect to be going to a heat leader as, as fast as I did. Um I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I, I held my own weight at that position. Um, you know, not only was I scoring points at home, I was managing to, you know, get the odd heat 13, get the odd heat 15 away as well, which was um, a big boost of confidence for us. And I just liked how I, you know, kind of not proved anything, but, you know, sh- showed everyone that I'm more than capable of uh, of doing it. And we'll talk more in more detail soon about some of these things. But the, this last year, the, the whole of 2022, when you consider it all, all the things you've done, you know, those titles, racing at Cardiff, um, the the other stuff internationally with with GB, the, the fixtures that you've you've been involved in, the experience you've had over the last year. I mean, you've you've lived some people's entire careers in the last 12 months, haven't you? And that must really have opened your eyes. But also brought you a lot of confidence going into this this next year of 2023 now is the point of, that we're recording this. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I didn't really have much time to, to even think about what I'd done because um, it was just that, that busy. Um, but, yeah, now having a lot of time to reflect and, you know, speak to my, my friends and my family and say, you know, like what an accomplishment it was, uh, you know, I did give myself a, a bit of a pat on the back. Um but all I'm all I'm thinking now is just, you know, ready for the waiting for the first the first meeting to to see how it all all goes. Hopefully it's we'll start off big, not only with Berwick but with Wolves. Um but yeah, I'm definitely definitely a man on a mission this year. I feel like I'm a lot more prepared already this year, whereas last year I was I think I didn't even have my bikes sorted um, this time last year. Where now I've got all the parts coming, etc. Um, I've also got a mechanic to take the take the ease off us. Gives a little bit more time um, to focus on myself. Um, you know things like the driving, the washing the bikes, and stuff like that. So I feel like I've almost done everything that I can do right now, and. Um, 
yeah, hopefully I can achieve bigger this year. And that's one of the things maybe people don't realise over this last year of 2022. You did a lot of the work yourself, didn't you, in terms of the mechanic in, sorting your bikes out, driving, and some of the journeys you had to make were vast. You know, try you were racing on the continent as well. And I remember seeing you in, in Berwick and you'd had a week where you'd been here, there and everywhere and you were like out on your feet, I think, pretty much. But, you know, battling on regardless um so what was that experience like i mean obviously it's taught you that you may be uh, you know the, the benefit the, the luxury of having a mechanic and people helping you out you're probably going to appreciate that more now than maybe you would have done otherwise yeah i mean don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not the only one that that does it um i think the biggest thing was just living in berwick and just just the drive and um I was I was super busy taking guest bookings probably when I shouldn't have um, racing in Sweden on a Wednesday, then sleeping on a airport floor with no sleep, flying back into Stansted and then driving wherever I was racing on a Thursday. But it just took it took it out of us, um, and it, you know people say more bike time is better, but for me it was just getting to a point where. It, I just needed like to hit the reset button, um, but yeah, already I, I'm I'm feeling a lot more happier and a lot more chilled out, and it's it's not even not even the season yet. Um, you know, I'd I'd go to meetings and be thinking, oh, did I do that? Did I do this to the bikes? Or did I put that clutch plate in properly? And just silly things like that, where you know, you I, I'm going to the meeting. Um, or I'm stuck in traffic and my mind's just constantly going where I was never able to kind of just chill out on the way to the meeting but now hopefully that's all changed and I've realised that I've needed to make that change so again hopefully hopefully that uh, proves itself and um, I can I can keep taking steps forward. Obviously, you're captain in Berwick, but you're back as the rising star again at, at Wolves, which is great continuity for you and, and great to build on the previous season as well. And uh, what's your hopes there? Because, I mean, Monmore's a completely different track to to, uh, to Berwick. You couldn't get probably two um, more um, unalike tracks. Um, but obviously, you've had a, a season there of, uh, of getting used to that and, and the various meetings you've been involved in. So what's your... What's your sort of feeling about heading back to Wolves for the uh, for the new season now with that first season under your belt? I can't wait. Um, I went back in 2020 with feeling that I had a, a point to prove and I still feel like that way now. Um, in 20, 2021, I showed glimpse, glimpses of, of, you know, hope that I, I can score points, but still not showing everyone that I can do it week in, week out, where 2020 I, I had quite a few, had more meetings that didn't go that well than, you know, good ones. But my good ones was, was double figures, which was the big change from the year before. So, you know, this year I just want to just be more consistent, even if it's five or six points, um, and, you know, have the odd, good couple of meetings. Yeah, I want to be more consistent around there um, and just put put better scores together. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's looking like an exciting year. And again, a lot of um, similarities with the Premiership teams as well, you know, like with Wolves that, you know, they're notorious for, for sticking by their riders, aren't they, as well? So that's that's got to be a good thing. Um, on to the National Development League, um, just quickly uh, on that subject. Um, teams are still being built at the time of recording this. So people listening in the future will have the benefit of, of probably more knowledge than we've got at this moment. But one um, big, well, a couple of big changes. Um, rules are going to be the same across all three leagues in 2023. Um, and that, you know, includes the team points. And, and obviously there were different rules between the different leagues before. So there's a bit of more um, consistency across those leagues as well. Um, and also now Commonwealth riders, um, one Commonwealth rider per team permitted. Um, there's only one announced at this moment in time of recording this in George Congreve. Um, what do you think of that, Gary? Because fans have had their views saying that this is taking up places of, of British riders and, and what have you, but there are people running teams, putting teams together. I don't know, maybe you'd be one of them, finding that you know riders can be actually thinner on the ground of a certain standard. Would that be fair to say? No, that is it. You've just hit the nail on the head there. Obviously, we we've been really lucky in in past years with with a massive influx of riders coming through from the youth system. Um, what Neil does there is great, and it it does bring riders on. But you know, we're not getting uh six, seven, or eight riders through a year anymore. I think you know when Leon started it in the national league in twenty eighteen, there was. There was a massive influx, you know, likes of himself, Drew, Tom, Jason Edwards, um, and then the year after was, you know, Jordan Palin and and the Thompson twins and stuff like that. They, we just haven't got that at the moment. Um, you know, there's there's obviously Luke Harrison, um, Max James, I think, will be coming through, and and obviously Ashton uh, Bojan's coming, but we. You know the the gap between between the national development league and the championship is is just too too big at the moment. I think um, the way that it was in twenty eighteen when when Leon was at Birmingham, it, it was a fantastic league then. But it, you know, in, in hindsight, it was probably a little bit too professional, and I think that was just caused because all the clubs were standalone then. Um, now we've got more more teams doubling up if you like with with the likes of us in Edinburgh Leicester Bellevue um and and only having three standalone clubs it, it, it obviously makes that a little bit more difficult in in the way that the league had to be brought back down to to be sustainable uh for for clubs that wanted to run a second team um but unfortunately we we've just got a little too far away from the gap, so you know we had to raise the points limit to to accommodate riders. I, you know, I, I looked at it myself and and said to the the fellow team mem, uh, team managers and promoters, we we had a list of seventy one riders that was named in a a national league uh, declaration last year, and only twenty seven of them had an average under five. So that's a that's a big gap you've got to fill really um and and some riders were are, are stuck with a probably a, a slightly inflated average so we need to we need to make the league a little bit stronger we also need to to look after our own product in terms of 
people that want to ride in England, your likes of, of Jacob Hooks and, and George Congrave, um I think James Pearson's another one. We need to we need to keep them here because that will be the future. So uh, and allowing to to let the Commonwealth riders come in, I think um I think that's a good thing for the sport. Obviously, I you know I've seen on social media a, a few people saying, "Well, how how do you entice a, a young Brit to come and do it?" Well, it's it's still the same as normal because if you're good enough, you're going to get in anyway. If you're not good enough, then it's you know unfortunately it's it, it's amateur speedway for you. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see three or four riders, but but that'll be it, and you know. They're not exactly taking team places away from, uh, from young Brits. What what they're doing is actually making a team a little bit stronger, um, and making that more competitive. So I think uh, for for me it's a good thing. Um, I can say we haven't got one. So although although we were one of the ones that 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 were all for it at the start, um. So yeah, it's it's just a bit of a bit of a variety, you know. I think the people that are whinging, um, they don't have a problem with with our riders going over to Poland to ride in the under twenty four league, do they? So it's I think it's just a case of um the negatives outweighing the positives all the time and for me it is a massive positive, but but some people just want to make Speedway look negative all over social media, don't they? So <laughs> So yeah, I I'm quite excited about it. I think uh, if it if it does attract more people to British Speedway, then or or more uh, more riders to British Speedway, then again that is also only a good thing. And yeah, it does seem to be that you know the people that are complaining are the same people who then are getting excited because a team signing a an Australian we've never heard of. In the, in the championship ahead of, say, a British rider, that's fine. But when you're in the National Development League, oh, my God, somebody who's got um, British grandparents, oh, what? That's outrageous. It's costing our it's costing our future. It's just like the, the general balance. And when you take into account as well, like Adam Ellis went to Oceana and won the only Oceana championships, it's all right for us to go, <laughs> to go over there and win their titles. But, uh, yeah, don't come, uh, don't come here wanting to ride for Mildenhall. No, that's right. That's right. I think it's um, yeah, it, it's it's a bit mad, really, isn't it? I think you know. It, I feel sorry for for George and the way that he was chucked in at Newcastle. You know, I think he he clearly wasn't ready for that level. And you know, if you think back to oh Christ, a while ago now, but to when I rode, I remember Nathan Murray and and uh, some Aussies come to uh, to ride in what was then the the conference league and they were the boys that you wanted to be you know they were like the well superstars yeah let's call them the superstars they were the foreigners and and you wanted to beat them so i think uh we we need to be looking at it at like that as well i, I can be sure if one of these young uh whippersnappers 15 year olds goes and, and and beats george congrave or jacob hook or uh, or James Pearson, or, or whoever else might might end up in the league, they'll be the first ones to brag about on social media. So, um, yeah, it's it's all uh, it's all a bit mad. I think. Oh, look, if if people weren't moaning about things, then what would we talk about? I suppose it's um, <laughs> it's just a shame that it's always 
it's always people being negative, but but like you say, it's always the same ones that are all over social media that are that are bigging up similar things happening in in a different league. Yeah, the question of why aren't we doing what Poland are doing, and then when we do what Poland are doing, everybody's complaining about it. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. Right, Gary, let's talk about you and, and Leon and, and your background in Speedway, because the, the Flint name has been around Speedway for a, a while. Um, your dad, of course, is involved in Speedway and, and remains a uh, mechanic um, with, uh, well, has been with, with Leon for a while and also helping out some of the other lads as well. You are a, an ex-rider, and we'll hear more about that very soon. Uh, but also you are co-promoter and team manager at the Berwick Bandits uh, right now. Um, but how did you get involved in Speedway? What was your your sort of first foray into it and how did it uh, come into your family as such? Yeah, I think oh, my, my earliest memory of it would have been probably 86 or 87 at Barrington Loft. Um me and my brothers and my, my dad and one of my dad's pals and, and his sons, we used to get all launched into the old Cortina that we had and <laughs> and away away we'd go all, all around Britain really. It was uh, you know, it was great as a young kid to 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 be around and, you know, I'd always say Charlie McKenna was always my uh my first speedway hero. Uh he was he was number one at Berwick at the time and uh, yeah, that that's where it all all started for me, and you know I, I remember pff, ever since I was a kid, every Christmas asking for a speedway bike, and um, it wasn't really until until we got I got friendly in in high school with with Scott Courtney, <clears throat> obviously a massive family background in the uh, in the speedway world and we started going down to to the local beach and riding on one two fives and it was my uh i was 15 i was 15 and and my mother then asked me what i wanted for christmas and i asked for a speedway bike and and that's where it all started for me riding um took a while to get used to it mind you i was i wasn't much cop when I when I finished but I was I was a lot worse when I started that is for sure <clears throat> but yeah through you know parents my dad taking me when when we were super little to to really um when I was 15 getting a bike and getting on it and knocking around with Scott and and Sean uh his uncle Sean used to take us up to Shawfield every week and and just trolling around the the northern tracks at the time uh, having a bit of practice and a bit of ride until I think it was ninety nine. Um, Lithgow put a put a team into the into the conference league and we all uh, we all got to go there and it was, uh, oh, it was probably my my best time uh, riding. It was at Lithgow, you know. We we didn't get paid. You got travelling expenses. We we were on a tour. I remember uh, asking Alan Robertson, who who ran Linlithgow at the time, but but John Campbell, I think, was was the guy putting the money into it. Asking where we were staying, we had uh, we were at Peterborough on the Friday. We had Saturday off, Milton Hall Sunday, and Rye House on the Monday. And <laughs> we asked Alan where we were staying, and he all he said was bring a tent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Friday night we stayed. 
the Friday night we stayed in the showground and uh, the rest of the tour we stayed at the end of the there was a little campsite for all the plane spotters at the end of the runway um RAF Milton Hall and we uh, we stayed there but oh what a laugh we had honestly it was uh, it was fantastic that's part of the speedway life though isn't it you know i mean and even like um <laughs> Recently, uh, as, as, as uh, at the time of recording this, a couple of nights ago, um, even Ty Wuffenden put that he was camping out in the back of our Toyota. So sometimes, you know, as speedway riders, you do sleep in, well, wherever you can, basically, don't you? Oh, yeah, that's it. I think, you know, like, speedway's moved on so much in the last even five years, but, you know, how, how professional it's got, and, and certainly the last 10, you know, when... Yeah, we were only conference league riders, but even when we went on tours with the Bandits or or with Glasgow with Sean, you know, you lived like rock stars. It was it was great. You just trolled around in the van, you drank beer, you had fun with your friends, and it's uh, it was unbelievable. You know, the definitely my best years for for me. And if I could turn back the clock and do it all again, a hundred percent I would. You know, I've made so many good friends all over the country and it's uh, it's just a fantastic sport to to be involved in. I think um you know, like I say, it's it's moved on a lot and, and my views on on <laughs> what we should and shouldn't be doing on, on tours and stuff has has changed dramatically now. But um yeah, I, I definitely had uh, probably the best, you know, from from sixteen year old to twenty six, for sure the best uh, the best ten years of my life. <laughs> it does sound pretty rock and roll, um, Leon. How does speedway life, when your dad was riding in in, in the eighties, compare to now? Oh, I still I still got quite a glimpse of it. You know, I I got chucked in the back of the old Sprinter when I was young. It's a good thing I don't remember half the stories though. But uh, <laughs> no, it I've been around it for the majority of my life. Um, but yeah, like hearing all the stories about it, it was it was pretty wild. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we're all we're all saints these days, but certainly not not as crazy as you know all the boys used to be. Uh, you know, like you say, twenty years ago. But I think you have to you have to be professional about it now, um, because back then, you know, speedway bikes was a lot more tamer. Where now, you know, you have to you have to be fit. You have to, you know, you have to be strong and and stuff like that. Um, you know, the 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 beasts now are a five hundred five hundred engine. Um, and if you do one thing on them, one thing wrong, eh, it's it's see you later. But I speedway for me is I only really started racing in twenty end of twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Um before that I was just all motocross. Um I'd still I'd I'd go out on my, my motocross bike before Nelly every every meeting on a Saturday. Um and it it wasn't till the start where it was Ricky Ashworth turned up to press and practice with a bike for me. Um, he said to my dad, uh, my dad did a full year of mechanicing for him and uh, didn't take any money off him. Uh, so as a gift to my dad, but for me, 
Uh, he turned up with a with a brand new track plus one two five, and uh, we've never looked back since. But before that, Andrew Tully let me use uh, I think it was a C ninety um, two stroke speedway bike, but I never really done too much on it. Just went to the beach every now and then. But it really did kick off when I got that that bike off Ricky, and uh, yeah, we've we've made a lot of memories already. Uh, you know, being thirteen to 16-year-old travelling around Europe, me, my granddad, my dad, and a few of us with, the, like, say, the 250s. Um, yeah, we've we've had a great, great, great time and great memories, and uh, we've made a we've made some great friends as, along the way. Awful, of course, how it turned out for Ricky Ashworth. Um, you know, everybody knows the the story there. But um, <clears throat> does does he keep up with what how you're getting on? He must be very proud about how that's turned out. You know, that gift that you know little were to realise that that was to sort of spur you on and and to where you're at now. Yeah, I think only this year I've had um, his logo on the on the bottom of my back on every set of Kevlar's just as a a bit of appreciation. Um you know, he gives me the odd text when I've when I've had a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much when I've had a bad one on the telly. But uh yeah, he gives me the odd message and um you know we, we the fam the family keep in uh, in contact with us all but you know Ricky Ricky was a was a Beric legend and it's crazy to think that for the short amount of time that he was he was a bandit. Um but yeah we was we was there when it happened. I might be wrong, but I, I think we was in the me and my dad was in the van with Robin Asprigan. And I think we, we had to go to the hospital when it happened, but yeah, it was a it was an awful and, and crazy time, um and I don't think either either of us will, will forget it. Um but What's done is done, and he's he's doing a lot of great things on the on this on his bike on the the cycle velodrome thing, and um, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible that what he has achieved, you know, since then. And Gary, um, I remember speaking to um, a couple of years ago now, but one of the first episodes I did was with um, was with Neil Machin, and you know, it, he. he Without sort of specifically talking about Ricky, um, of course he was a Sheffield legend, still the fastest, uh, still got the fastest lap time in British Speedway, I believe. Ricky, nobody's ever beat him around Olderton, which is the fastest track. Um, it's one of the things that you know, just like as a rider, you know that there are risks in doing what you do with Speedway, and things can go wrong very, very quickly. But same for being a promoter or a team manager, and the, you know the involvement that you have now. That you know it's your name above the door when you're running a Speedway club, and and you know obviously you're great friends with all of the people that you employ in in, in the club, and it, you know it is. It is also a, a responsibility. You're not riding the bike, but you know you know that you could be accountable for for what's happened, and you've got to then manage those situations, you know, ongoing for an unknown amount of time into the future, haven't you? Yeah, that's right, and you know that's where um, you know promoters <coughs> they get a lot of stick on on the likes of social media and stuff like that sometimes, and. You know, 
I know there's one one bloke that that always pops up and he, oh, he dribbles a load of rubbish, doesn't he? But um, you know, once you once you sign that mating certificate, it's uh, you know everyone everyone in that stadium's under your care, and it it is a lot of responsibility, and you need to you need to make sure that you you have the right staff in place and and all sorts. You know, it's not just run a speedway match it's a, it's a massive event um and, and like you say if if an accident like that does happen it's it it's all on you so you need to uh you know you need to you need to be mentally strong and mentally tough to uh to be able to deal with that should should it happen and it's uh it's definitely definitely a worrying thing and you know it's not not just riders that it, it can happen to you know somebody falls over in the crowd and hurts himself or only a only a couple of years ago there was a there was an incident at Berwick where David Howe and and Danny Ayres, uh bless him had a had an accident on the back straight and Ben Barker ran out and Went to uh, went to pick one of the bikes up, which which hadn't cut out, or or the cutout had malfunctioned, and the bike took off and wiped out one of the first aiders, broke his leg, you know, and it's uh, yeah, that that's all on on the person that's that signed the meeting certificate to, you know, to to be in control of of everything that goes on. Of course, you've got a clerk of the course and and things like that, but you know they're they're only running up from from instruction from from the promoter and stuff like that. So there's a there's a great deal of responsibility there, and uh, you definitely need to need to be on your guard and and like I say, be be mentally strong enough to to be able to deal with what what could potentially be high pressure situations. Berwick Bandits team manager and co-promoter Gary Flint and Leon Flint, the British under-21 champion, are with me in this episode of Humans of Speedway. We'll talk about their riding careers. We'll probably know a little bit more about Leon Flint of, uh, of recent years, of course. But uh, Gary was a rider in the conference leagues. That said, he did plot a comeback in 2018. We'll hear more about that very soon and uh, also all about uh, Leon's riding as well particularly that epic season he had last year which uh, really peaked I think um, not only winning the under 21 championship but the under 19 championship and appearing in the British Grand Prix at Cardiff as well uh, all about that in the next part of Humans of Speedway Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. My guests in this episode, Gary Flint and Leon Flint. It's father and son, and we'll be chatting to them again in just a moment. I just want to tell you about another event where you can come and uh, see myself and Leon Flint uh, in person, in fact. And uh, it's in Coventry. The Celebration of Speedway event is being put on by the Nuneaton Speedway Supporters Club at the Brandon Club in Coventry. It starts at 7pm on Saturday the 11th of February. Come on down. Uh, everyone's welcome to attend. All the GB youth uh, riders, as many as can make it, will be there, including the four British youth champions. Uh, Leon Flint, who, of course, is, is two of them in one, the under-19 and under-21. Uh, Sam McGurk, Luke Harrison and Cooper Russian will be there, along with other British youth riders. And uh, there'll be some announcements as well about how the, the youth championships are going to pan out for, for the uh, season as well there as well. But uh, a general celebration of Speedway is the name of the event seven o'clock saturday 11th of february in coventry at the brandon club just a stone's throw from brandon stadium and uh, it will be great to see you down there uh, hopefully you're hearing that before that date if you're listening uh, after the 11th of february then the event happened and i'm sure it was a great night <laughs> let's uh, go back to our guests now um leon flint and gary flint uh, gary first to you you plied your trade on a speedway bike in in the conference league largely um but um you started north of the border tell us about uh about your days riding speedway then yeah i started off at, at, at linlithgow and and then we moved on to to glasgow under the uh under the ashfield giants banner and then uh i think i had a spell at buxton and and uh sheffield in the their their second team and in fact, the year the year I broke my leg, uh, two thousand and three, I had I had signed a deal to ride for Berwick in the Championship or or the Premier League at the time. I'd had a a great end to the season with Sheffield, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd done a deal with Berwick, and and obviously was going to go back to to Sheffield in the in the Conference Trophy. It was, and and was going to ride for Stoke in the Conference League, so. I was uh, I was pretty excited of, of what could potentially happen that that year, and and it all come crashing down on press and practice day at Sheffield, where my bike cut out going into the corner, and uh, I hit the fence and snapped my femur. So, uh, yeah, it all all ended with a, a rather sudden bang. Let's say, um, I'll never forget it. Leon was uh, a fortnight old. <laughs> And uh, being being stuck down in hospital in, in in Sheffield for a week, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the greatest time for for myself personally. You know, being being away from your your newborn, and and obviously, since I was young, all all I ever dreamt of was to uh, to go on and and ride for Berwick, and that opportunity was taken away from me within. 
probably a matter of weeks of of agreeing to uh, to sign a contract. So, yeah, that was that was pretty tough to uh, to deal with. And an actual fact, I probably probably should have wrapped it up then. But I had a had another go at Stoke and and kind of done all right, but but not great. And then. Uh, Again, a few years after that, I think it was was Leon kind of kind of egged me on to to have another ride because he'd never remembered uh, seeing me ride, so I kind of flirted with it again then, and and then obviously got involved with um, with the junior side of things under the the John Anderson regime. So yeah, kind of got off the bike and and started doing doing a bit with the juniors in and around Berwick. And for you, Leon, you've already said about how Ricky Ashworth gave you your first um, speedway bike of your own as such. And and so the journey really began there. But you were doing motocross to begin with and then made that decision to to really go for speedway. So how did all that come about, really, uh, that, that you deciding that, you know, speedway was probably something that you uh, you might be pretty good at? We always we always flirted with it. Um, but it was one of them things do i do i want to do motocross or do i do i want to do speedway um i was lucky enough my my granddad supported me with with everything that i wanted to do and at the time that was motocross um i was getting to a to a decent level um doing like scottish championships and stuff like that but i kind of matured a bit and realized you know i I don't really see a career path in this. Um, as you probably know, if you if you want to have a career in motocross, you've you've got to be very very fast and have a lot of money. Um, where <laughs> unfortunately I had had neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, once once we got the bike, um, I think it was around the same time I I managed to egg egg my dad into. To giving it another go, um, seeing him ride, I was like, "Oh, well, I want to, I want to do better than him," um, which wasn't hard. I done that within a week. But... <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. But um, but uh, yeah, it just kept on going from that. I, I did my first under sixteen British Championship at Northside. Um. A couple of weeks later, I was the one two five British final, and in order to get into that, I had to prove that I I could I could ride. Um, managed to do all right at Northside, and then went went to Rye House on the way there. The the van packed in, so I think we was at Newcastle. The van packed in. Poor Grandad Tony had to stay with the van, and. Uh, Rob Grant come and picked us up in the in his van and took us down and first ever go at it, I managed to get a third. So it was uh, once I once I felt a little bit of the the success, I just got hungry for more and here I am today. Uh, here's a story that I uh, I saw in the Speedway Star from a while ago and it was one of those sort of little little asides, but it looked <laughs> I want to find out more about it that. Gary, you launched a comeback bid in 2018, so not long ago, really, um, so that you could ride alongside Leon in a in a Birmingham meeting. Is that is that something that happened? <laughs> oh, that's that's quite sorry. We 
we were at Wolves on the on the Monday night, was it, Leon? You were you were riding against Cradley, weren't you? Yeah, because we I think we flew out the next day. Yeah, you went to the the World Two Fifties, didn't you? And I can't remember. Birmingham had it then at at number seven. Um, I can't remember who it was, but it was a kid that had just started Speedway, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite hard to watch. And tongue in cheek, I said to to Lawrence Rogers, "Christ, I could do better than that." And he was like, "I know." <laughs> And it just all snowballed, like, within, what, you flew out on the Tuesday, Leon, was it? Yeah, on the, on the Tuesday. Yeah. Between him him flying out to, to Poland with, with my dad and and Mitchell Davey, um, so that, that was the Tuesday by, I think it was the Thursday or the Friday, Lawrence Rogers had talked me into riding at Buxton on the Sunday. And you know it's every bad dream to ride with the sun, race with the sun, and I, I was, uh, yeah, probably filled with too much emotion of doing that, really. And uh, I think they announced it on the Saturday night, and um, yeah, on the way down we got the call to say that it'd been blocked because Buxton put in a protest or or something like that. And uh, I actually phoned Rob Godfrey, and I was like, "What what's going on here, Rob?" And uh, he was like, well, you can't do it, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you're just too good. <laughs> and I was like, ah, Rob, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we nearly done it. We nearly done it. We got got to halfway, halfway to Buxton to, uh, before the dream was shattered. But the funny story is I was... Um, so following that, following it, it, it obviously got blocked. I think I was with Neil Vacher up in Glasgow with the with the under twenty ones for the World Cup. David Mason rang me and he was like, "Right, we're going to make some changes. Will you ride?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm not so sure." I was like, "When do you want me to ride?" And he was like, "Well, the first meeting would be next Wednesday at Birmingham." So I was like, "Oh, all right, I'll have to." Uh, I'll have to speak to Leon to see if I can use his bike and this, that and the other. I was like, who's it against? And he said, Milton Hall. Well, at the time, it was when Drew Kemp was getting 21 everywhere. So I was I says, I don't think so, Dave. You've got no chance. I ain't riding against these young 15-year-olds getting my standards. Yeah, I think uh, that gave me the shock that, that I needed to uh, to stay in the pits with my pen and paper and, and be happy. <laughs> I think I think the funniest the funniest story you told me about that dad was when you when you mentioned it to Scott Courtney and he just looked at you as if you had five heads. <laughs> I we we were at uh, we 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 were at Workington on the Friday night. The bandits were there, and I was like, uh, uh, "Yeah, Scott, I, I need to speak to you." And he was like, "Oh, what's up?" I says, "Oh." Can I jump home in the uh, jump home with you in the car? And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course you can." And I, I think he thought there was something drastically wrong, which turned out there actually was. I was like, "I says, yes, Scott, here, here's the crack. I'm I'm going to ride for Birmingham at Buxton on Sunday." <laughs> and he was like, "Nah," I said, "I'm telling you, it's it's done. I've got my license. Everything's uh, everything's ready to go." <laughs> And he was like, 
when did you last ride? I was like, oh, you know, 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, right, the first thing you need to do in the morning is get up to Duns and, uh, and get on that bike. I was like, ah, yeah, okay, okay, no problem. <laughs> so I went up to Duns on the Saturday. Luckily, we had hired it out to... Uh, to the McGurks and uh, and Robbie Kessler was actually there with with Norik Bladon on his uh, he had his eighty five cc thing he he'd come over just for a for a, a week's holiday and, and and come up to Duns and God knows what they must have thought Robbie <laughs> Kessler thought it was brilliant but yeah the poor McGurks who at the time I was trying to teach how to ride <laughs> I think they thought what the hell's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> And ultimately, he got blocked for being too good. Well, that's uh, that's what Rob said, so that's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Flint, too good for the National League. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that now. Take that. Should be, uh, you'd be coming in on a, what, a 13 average for this oh, year if you were signing yeah, for your own side? 13 stone. 13 stone. It'd take up too much uh, room in the pits now. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? I can't. I remember the the biggest ever social media petition, the Let Gaz Ride campaign, kicked off. <laughs> it went global pretty sharpishly. It could always be brought back for uh, for this year. You never know. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. I'll have to speak to Rob and see if I'm still too good. tremendous tremendous um yeah great times i think the the only time i've ridden a speedway bike was at 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 buxton actually i i did achieve it at that um at aiden collins's training thing and i went round and i felt like i was going at about a million miles an hour and and probably looking back it's probably about 25 30 mile an hour max (laughs) but it's it's quite a tight little track though isn't it it is I'll always remember, Scott was like, why have you picked Buxton? He was like, it's the worst place you could ever think of having a meeting at. And I was like, well, I think my logic is usually riders that go there are all crap. (laughs) So if I'm crap, it'll not really matter. (laughs) Scott was like, oh, yeah, I I see what you think. Depends if you like tight tracks, I suppose, doesn't it? Because it seems to me like there's not much of a straight. It's all going to happen very quickly and be over very quickly, whatever happens. Oh, that's that's right. And it was on a funny hill, wasn't it? Like you you go uphill into the first corner and downhill into the third bend. Oh, it would. I mean, I didn't mind it to be honest. I think, I think uh, a modern day speedway rider doesn't like it, but uh, yeah. Us oldies used to get around all right on our old long strokers, so it was funny. <laughs> You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, the guests this week. Father and son, Gary Flint, the um, team manager and co-promoter at the Berwick Bandits, and his son, Leon Flint, the British under-21 champion. And Leon, you got your crack on the big stage, the biggest of them all, I think, in, in World Speedway for many, certainly for any British rider, and that's appearing at Cardiff. You um, had a, a late call-up. You were a, 
a track reserve and you ended up getting called into action because of the injuries to two Brits, really, um, Adam Ellis and Ty Wuffenden being the key ones. And that provided opportunities for yourself and Tom Brennan to get out there. And you got yourself a, a couple of rides, didn't you? And, um, well, it <laughs> it started off as hard as it gets, I think. Dan Bewley on the inside in red then. Alongside him is a three-time former world champion, Ty Wuffenden in blue. Bartosz Schmarz is the championship leader coming out of gate number three in white. And Liam Flint coming off the outside gate in yellow. And I tell you what, it doesn't get much tougher than this for Liam Flint, does it really? No, not an easy one to come into. <laughs> I first heat, Dan Bewley, Ty Wuffenden, Bartosz Schmarzlik, Nebola. <laughs> it does, it's, it's not going to get any worse from there, is it? To be honest, if you can handle that, then you're sorted. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> but aye, Cardiff, Cardiff was probably one of the, the best weekends of my life. Just the whole experience, the people who was there that experienced it with me. Um, yeah, just I'd do anything back just to go and relive relive it all again um i think one of the highlights was i think before i was about to go out for the first race i was nervous but it was like good nerves leon flint coming out there what a moment for the youngster what an opportunity and what an experience for the youngster right now i wasn't i was going out there to give it my best but you know no shape or form was i gonna get angry at myself for for coming last and before i went out my dad went to give us a fist bump and just say like oh Good luck and whatever, and I just slapped his hand out the way and gave him a cuddle, and I just, I just whispered saying, "Oh, we've made it." And then I remember getting pushed off, and my dad's in the corner having to pick his bottom lip up. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna set me off, man!" But like, my uncle was there, uh, my other mechanic Jamie Robertson was there, Luke Krang. You know, we, there was all like, not just bubbling up, and I was like, "Oh, this is." This is madness. Young Leon Flint on his debut in the Grand Prix, whooping and out of shape, big time there, and really loses all his momentum. Has slipped way back in third place, but Bartosz Smarzlik out in front, going to lower the colours of Dan Beauty for the first time. That race where I, I made a half decent start and got in front for a split second, um, and then got taken off by uh, Lebedevs. Roaring round the outside, Matheson front, Lebedevs gets Leon Flint, a real sharp coming out of turn four, and the red lights come on. Yeah, Leon had made a really decent start. He just collected one of the ruts going into the corner, which ran him out a little bit too wide. If that hadn't have happened, I could see him actually coming out in front. I just remember standing up and hearing the crowd just erupt and walking back, and I was just take it. It just felt like that walk along the straight was at least a mile long like just taking everything in and the best part about it was is when I come back round I was absolutely like up to my head in adrenaline Leon Flint just delighted to be out there just doing a great wheelie down the back straight entertaining the fans on his way round to the tapes for second time of asking here. I remember just putting the bike on its side before I was about to go and the announcer said my name and just hearing the whole place just go mad. Uh, there's no doubt we were listening to Tony Ricardson earlier on. It, oh, it just makes, makes us smile now. It gives us goosebumps even just thinking about it again. Um, but yeah, what an experience. Um, but I'd, I'd love to get there uh, 
in the main card and hopefully do what Dan does one year. I think it's any British British rider's dream to to go out and do that. Um, and luckily enough, I had I had Bomber in the pits doing everything he could to to help me help me out and put on a good show. Um, but yeah, the the whole weekend was just filled with memories you know, laughs and everything. I, I remember getting sent a picture because, you know, I would have got the pit cams, you know, that you've got Smarjlik, all his mechanics, doing the bike up and all that, mid-meeting and stuff like that, and then you flip through to mine. One of the boys got sent for a KFC run. And all the all the boys was scranning into a KFC. There was chicken bones all over my pit and stuff like that. But I wasn't eating the KFC, don't worry. But yeah, just just the whole weekend all weekend was great with, with the company that we had and um yeah, the Sunday, the under twenty ones was uh, a a bit of pull to swallow. Um apparently they all knew that they was gonna pull the plug on it when they did, um but you know, if if they just told us that, that was the that was the plan then I think we would have took it a lot better. Um, and them format of meetings, you know, with a semi-final and a final, if you're in a third, a second, you know, you're not you're not going to go mental trying to get that extra point because you know, you you have to keep your points safe. You you can't risk losing one point at all throughout that meeting. So if we knew that was going to be the plan, you know, maybe we'd have seen a bit more racing, um, a bit more, a bit more action. Uh, but I, it, it is what it is. Um, I'd like to get into that uh, cup where the the Grand Under Twenty One Grand Prix full time next year and um, give it a good bash. I think I, I showed that I'm more than capable of. Of doing a good job, doing a good job in the series. Um, but yeah, that's one of the big goals next year. It's all about experience, isn't it? Being a track reserve, nobody's expecting you to go out there and beat Bartosz Schmarschlik. Although you did outgate him, uh, getting the whole shot in your first two heats, so you outtrapped Freddie Lindgren, Ty Woffington, and Dan Bewley. So not bad for your record for your first ever Grand Prix ride. But it is about the experience, and you've been there now. You've sampled that. And I, I think that when you have those experiences, you you want to get there. You want to get back there again one day, don't you? And, and hopefully sometime soon. So it must really have spurred you on and, you know, given you a taste of, of what it's like at the top table. Definitely. Um, the, just even the small things like the parade. The parade was absolutely insane. I remember I just kept on looking back to Tom Brennan and we didn't know whether to to cry or laugh and the whole time I think if you look back me and Tom's just hysterically laughing like in disbelief that that we was actually there um but I think it was great great what they did this year um you know give give us guys a go at it um you know being reserved and, and taking that all in I, th- I thought that was very good of them um and hopefully they they continue to do that um if I'm if I don't get that chance again, um, you know, there'll be there'll be some other young Brit very uh, very ha- happy to take that place. And the track itself obviously received quite a lot of 
criticism. Um, I know that I spoke to Dan Bewley and myself and Kelvin Tatum did an interview with him and unsurprisingly Dan Bewley said the track for him was fine <laughs> so, but um, but it, obviously it was breaking up a bit wasn't it and there was a problem with stones and how was it to ride how did you find it to ride because obviously people armchair experts have had their opinion but um, you actually rode a bike on it um, it was pretty gnarly but it's the same track for the, the 15 other riders um, you know I was quite shocked that some of the the riders, the way they were, they were, they was moaning, um, you know, because it's the 16 world's best. So to me, if one person can ride it, surely the rest of them could. I can understand the whole racing thing. Um, you know, people spend a lot of money. You know, it's not a cheap weekend card for fans. But would you rather have the track good with decent racing and have a Polish lad or Danish lad winner, or would you rather have it a bit rough and, you know, one of your own go and win it? Yeah, it's a good point you make, you know, that when Bomber won it um, way back when, the track wasn't great that day either. So, you know, the British lads have had the success when the track has been a little bit rough. Um, and I know Dan Bewley said that um, he thought Tetro was worse <laughs> for its worth. But as you say, it's the same It's the same for everybody. And, uh, you know, Dan, Dan managed it and... Uh, the rest is history. It was funny. You could just see Bomber licking his lips at the track, just obviously with everything that happened. He, he was in the pit and you could just see him watching, just thinking, oh, I could do better than that. I could I could have won that race. I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me at him. I bet he would have been straight out there, no problems. Um, you spent quite a lot of time with Bomber and we'll just round this section off by talking about um, how you've sort of filled his shoes really going forward into 2023 you're taking over as team captain at Berwick um, I just wonder what it's like um, and for you and maybe for the other team members because you haven't been afraid to you know say what you think about team performances last season with Berwick and you know you said that some riders need to pull their fingers out and it wasn't good enough um, but how that dynamic maybe changes knowing that you are the son of the team manager obviously your talent on on the bike you lead by example because you've been there seen it and done it even at such a young age but how's that dynamic go and you know being sort of being unafraid to speak in mind where necessary i i'm i'm not the only one that gets the backing off of my dad um you know he'll back every other rider and, and so will i um i mean i, I didn't mean that in a malicious way whatsoever um it was just at the time you know we had to some riders at the time did have to pull the finger out on the night um you know you look you look through the riders if we had a couple more points we would we would have won that meeting um but i the whole the whole captain thing you know it's not been given to me I've, I've I really do feel like I've earned that, um, and people that haven't seen or have not been in the pits tend to think, "Oh, I get it easy and stuff like that." And I'm not trying to say I get it hard, but I'd probably say out the seven, I'd be the one that takes it the most, just because, you know. My dad knows what I'm capable of, so he'll try and get 
everything out out of me. Um, the difference to how we are now compared to twenty nineteen, where I was sixteen, still in school. Well, it was quite it was quite heated at times. Um, but now I, I think we are quite professional about it, and it's the only way that we can be. And similarly to you, Gary, um, as team manager, uh, obviously your son is in the team. Now he's the captain, but of course previously wasn't. But do you feel that you can speak to Leon more honestly or maybe more harshly or or whatever it might be or, or speak to him in a way that perhaps you wouldn't to say Bomber or, or, or another rider in the team? You know, how does that dynamic go? And are you more honest? Are you more forthright? Uh, I w- in 2019, uh, I would say definitely. Um, it it was a new thing for me, and and obviously a new thing for Leon. And and what made it worse was Leon was a a little sixteen year old gobshite at the time. So there was uh, <laughs> there was a, a few clashes, but you know, I think uh, I think COVID maybe happened at the right time. Uh, not that there is a right time, but I think it probably happened at the right time for the both of us. Um, I had a a bit of a change in in my own private life, and I think that uh, that mellowed me out a a wee bit. And uh, yeah, I I had plenty of time to to reflect on on the twenty nineteen and and my style of of team managing, but I think. Uh, I think everybody gets treated the same, or I, I, I would certainly like to think so. Um, there's no harsher critic of Leon than me. That is a that is a fact. For you know, for the reasons that that Leon said that you know, I I do know what he's capable. I've I've you know been been with him the whole way through, just about. So I I do know what he's capable of, and and if I feel that his his finger isn't quite on the pulse, then. I probably now wouldn't tell him in uh in a live meeting. I, I would maybe wait until we got home to 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 give my my in depth view on that, and instead of kind of where you know twenty nineteen, I probably lost the plot and and give it to him a bit hard. But yeah, I, I certainly would like to think that everyone gets treated the same. Um, you know, Leon, like you said, there he he's definitely earned the captaincy. I, I think uh, when when myself, Scott, Jamie, and, and Stevie Jews talked about it, there there wasn't even an, an, another name that come into the conversation. If I'm if I'm being honest, then you know he's uh, he's grown up around the club. Um, obviously, his his dad's the the team manager. His his godfather's one of the owners, so he knows what we're about and what we're trying to achieve and. If he can, you know, bring his uh, his passion for the club through to the other six lads, which I, I'm pretty sure he will, then then that's only going to lead to 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 bigger and better things for the club. Gary Flint, team manager of the Berwick Bandits, and uh, his son Leon Flint, British under twenty one champion and team captain in twenty twenty three for the Berwick Bandits and rising star with the Wolverhampton Wolves as well. But in the next part of Humans of Speedway. We're going to uh, design their dream Speedway meetings. Who'd be in their all-time one-to-sevens? 
the dream track, dream stadium, rules they'd change, and maybe their fantasy opposition as well. It's all on the way in the next part of Humans of Speedway. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Listening to Humans of Speedway, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, where you can find all sorts of sporting podcasts for pretty much every sport you dare mention, including another Speedway One, the official British Speedway podcast, No Breaks, No Fear, which is having a bit of a break at the moment because, of course, the season has stopped. When the season resumes, then uh, make sure you add that to your collection to not miss out every single week through the Speedway season with exclusive interviews. But you can listen back to the previous episodes. We've got some great guests on there and that's available on all podcast apps as well and another speedway podcast that i've done we've only done one episode but it's a good one with uh, dan bewley myself and kelvin tatum did uh, a podcast um and uh, that's called tatum talks so search tatum talks only one episode so far uh, but hopefully we'll do some more soon but uh, yeah we had a right good chat with dan bewley and uh, that is available also as a separate uh, on a separate show so uh, tatum talks for that one uh, with myself and guess who that's right kelvin tatum don't know how you work that out right now let's uh, find out how the dream speedway meetings would look for both gary flint and his son leon flint um a lot of ex- speedway experience between the two of them uh, so let's begin um, by finding out about dream tracks, your ideal tracks. So this is just the shape and the shale and nothing else. It doesn't matter where it is or or whatever, but which would be your dream tracks? I'll start with you, Gary. <laughs> For me, I've, I've gone with Barrington Loth. Um, based on that, that was the first place I, I seen Speedway and... Um, yeah, I I used to love going there and, and watching. It was it was my favourite track at the time. My dad used to take us all over the country, and I remember you you were all so close to the track, and uh, and the little stadium that they built out there was was kind of probably one of the best of of the time. You know, it was a purpose built speedway stadium, and yeah, just a a nice little track that you were. You were super close to, and I, I love watching there. Yeah, and how about you, Leon? If you're going to pick one track just for the racing, what would it be? A lot of people are going to disagree and think I'm using favouritism here, but I'm going to go with Berwick because you're saying pick seven riders of your choice. So I'm just thinking to seeing how Bomber rode that, think about having another seven of them. <laughs> seven bombers there we go maybe that's the team already sorted um i like berwick i think berwick's a you know it is obviously um the longest track in the in the championship but also it's very fast but it reminds me i mean i grew up on a diet of like going to watch speedway at 
Halifax and and Bradford, and it's it's one of those like proper tracks around a football field, and sort of evokes memories of that for me. Um, let's talk about the stadium you would put this uh, this track in, uh, Berrington or, or Berwick, um, both of the old Berwick tracks. Uh, but if we're picking a stadium, what stadium are we putting them in? Uh, I've gone with uh, Tottenham Hotspur's new new stadium. Hmm. Okay. For for a couple of reasons, I I would love to see a Grand Prix in London, and uh, I'm also a a, a a Spurs football fan, which I, do, I don't like to shout very often, and it would probably be my only chance of of going to that stadium. So <laughs> I thought, guess it, bang a speedway match on. I'll go there every time. Apparently, it, 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 if there's if there's going to be a, a Grand Prix anywhere, um, <clears throat> it, it could definitely happen at, at uh, Tottenham. I understand because the guy who's the the head groundsman is uh, is a Speedway fan. So there's uh, there is an in. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, an amazing stadium. It would have, yeah, and Berwick's track in there would would probably fit pretty nicely. I reckon. How about you, Leon? I would probably say Wembley. I mean, we'd need a lot of people to try and fill it, like. But <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, I reckon that'd be be pretty cool. Well, yeah, definitely. Well, listen, it's all it's all about the riders and that's going to get the bums on the seats. So let's let's hear your uh, your dream one to sevens. Then who who would you be going for? Start with you, Gary. Oh, I've gone uh, about a vast array of riders here. I've gone with Mark Courtney. Uh, Kevin Doolan, Andrew Tully, Andrew Silver, <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Ashworth, Dan Bewley, and Leon. Oh, Leon, you see you're riding. And uh, I've put in there, yeah, yeah he's, he's in, he's in. I've put a uh, number eight is Davy Meldrum just to, to keep morale up. The most unfunniest funny person you'll ever meet in your life. His jokes are that bad, they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he's one of a kind. <laughs> a few, uh, a few Berwick legends in and among there, though, as well. Like Kevin Doolan, always a, always a. I mean, I remember seeing Kevin at um, it was the pairs at, at Somerset a few years ago, where he was like just chilling on the uh, chilling on the bank with a can of cider after he'd finished his last ride. It was a nice, nice touch getting involved with the fans. Oh, he was a he was a great fan of that, and yeah, he's you know spent many many years with Kevin. Uh, just a just an all round great bloke, and you know, I put Andrew Tully in there because I I think he was such a talent on a on a on a speedway bike, but I'd, I feel quite sorry for him because I I think he kind of hit speedway in the wrong era. I think uh, he. Um, he got going so good, but but at the time, you know, you had your Simon Beds, Ollie Allen, David Howe, and and all them boys that that were going great guns. He he just kind of never got the break he needed to to get into the into the elite league at the time. I, I think if if he got snapped up there, then uh, then he would would have went on to to bigger and better things. But yeah, like I say, I think just wrong time. How about you, Leon? Are you having um, Chris Harris seven times, or have you got some of this? <laughs> so I'm thinking, who's going to put bums on seats? So I'm definitely not going to pick myself. <laughs> You're definitely. already riding against yourself, otherwise. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll start off my number one 
Tony Ricardson. I'll go Bomber. Uh, Lee Richardson. Ricky Ashworth. Uh, Kevin Doolan. Oh, I've got two more. Golub. One more. <laughs> Lee Adams. Shades of the Ipswich 98 team about it. <laughs> By the way, your team's getting smoked. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> it's um yeah, I mean some 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 classics in there. World world champions and uh world champions and local heroes. Uh, right now we need to talk about referees and uh, Gary, I know that you get to speak to referees uh, pretty regularly in your team manager role. Um, but if you're going to pick a referee to referee your dream Speedway meeting, who would you go for? I've got um, I've got a few written down here. I put Phil Griffin because we had an altercation at, uh, at Plymouth uh, in 20, 2022. And, and since then, he hasn't spoke to me. He refereed us at last year and I wouldn't speak to me at all so I thought I could have Phil Griffin because he would obviously not speak to me and give me any grief <laughs> um, and then I thought well <laughs> I should I should maybe put Graham Hunter in as a as an apology because I, I was quite nasty towards him at 19 um, and we get on fine now by the way I have apologised <laughs> So, so that's fine. But I, I've actually gone for Will Hunter, who who was a guy from Cramlington, sadly no longer with us. And uh, and when I first started riding, he he was just a referee that was always super helpful, and and I gained a lot of respect for him be, because of that. So Will Hunter would be my referee. <laughs> okay, we go after much deliberation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Will Hunter gets the nod um, after a few apologies to uh, previous referees from previous times. Um, Leon, how about you? When it when it comes to referees, what's uh, obviously it's difficult for you because you're still riding, so I don't want to uh, <laughs> pre-tarnish any conversations you might have in the forthcoming season. But how do you tend to get on with referees? Uh... I don't know. I think they all pick on me for something my dad said on the phone to them. <laughs> <laughs> even at Wolves meetings. I can't really think. Um, <laughs> I'll go with uh, see Cam Woodward's uh, referee in Australia now. I'll go with him. That's true. Yeah. And um, I, I remember speaking with... Uh, um, Good choice. I think Neil Vatcher said this and uh, Chris Derno said this, that people say, why do we not have more riders refereeing? And it's just the, the answer to that is simply none, none, none of the ex-riders apply for the job. So would you would you be up for being a referee after you finish, Leon, do you think? Or is that not for you? Not a chance. Hopefully I'm on a beach somewhere sipping on a mojito. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ambitious, though. It's ambitious. <laughs> It's something to aim for. When right? I say beach, <laughs> when I say beach, I mean Berwick Spittle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, <laughs> but very nice beach. Um, if you're going to change a, a rule of Speedway for your event, just to sort of make it a bit more exciting, or just to improve the sport as a whole, um, which rule would you would you be the first to tamper with? Do you think, Gary? Uh, I've been thinking about this since I got your email today, and. I, I don't think I would change a rule. I, 
I think I would ask the the referees just to be more consistent in their interpretations of rules um, and the way that uh, they they try and explain things like uh, I mean we we all seen the Berg v Pool match on on BSN and and my little rant there with Midlow but you know for for a guy that has never rode a motorbike to tell you well the throttle works both ways well yeah you're right it does but but what they don't realise is if you get off the throttle in the corner then you're gonna hit the fence a lot faster so you know you can't tell me that you know the there was a couple of instances in that pool match. One, Ricky Wells, he he was pushed that wide. He he had to lay the bike down, and and one with Leon as well, and and the same the other way, and and the way Nathan Ablett and and Heat too, um, yeah. The if there was just a one way to to, we've lost the main man. Has <laughs> he just gone? It's just gone. Hopefully, he'll come back. Um, that, that must be the that, that'll be the missus turned the Wi Fi off, <laughs> or uh, or the SCB. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Hey, Gary. <laughs> Some referees wired into my iPad and kicked me out. <laughs> that's that's exactly what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're back now. You're back now. So, but you you were um, you were saying about uh, consistencies is something you'd improve. Yeah, just the interpretations. If if there was just one interpretation of every rule, then then would be fine. But when you you come across referees that have a different interpretation of it, it, it makes things very difficult. And same uh, question to you, really, Leon. Kind of the same. Just I don't know. Maybe having like a some kind of you know how the football's got the VAR thing um i think with speedway if that kind of thing was brought in you know it's not going to take te- it's not you know you've seen how much it delays a football game i don't really think you would have that with speedway cuz it's like little things like people jumping out the start or if you've made a cracking start compared to everyone else and you're getting penalized for it it's like you know what you meant to do, just make a bad start the next one. Um and I just people people moving at the start, there's nothing worse when you can see them dabbling the clutch and you know that they've they've jumped it and then you've had to set away waiting for the red light. I know you shouldn't, but you know, you're kinda of waiting for it to come on and then it doesn't and then they've just got got away with it. Um you know, people don't realise it's it's like the little things, like that's our living there, you know, we're not on the same money as football football players. Um so when someone's managed to get an advantage like that and you know, you've you've kind of been put out of pocket a bit. I know it's up to you to get past them, but you know, there's certain tracks where it makes it a hell of a lot difficult difficult to do that. You should be alright next year with the transponders. Yeah, they're going to make a big difference to that, aren't they? The the rolling and who was moving or or not. There's going to be a, a definitive answer from this coming season now. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, there's there's some different start line technology coming out now as well, which um, you know, little cameras at the at the gates. So yeah, the the referees will will be more on the ball with that. I think uh, another thing, just t- touching on it, like a. Uh, 
I know I know we're struggling at the moment for referees, but you know, a, an assistant referee in in the pits or at the at at, at a corner where the uh, the actual referee doesn't get the best view. I, I know at Berwick, you know, you're you're sitting at the at the start line at Berwick and and the view going into the third bend isn't the best. So um, there's been a few times I've had chats with with referees after incidents have happened and and you know they've been honest they they can't see it as well as we can up in the pits so they go with what they think which is fair enough if if they explain that to you but there is um more often than not there is a generally another referee just spectating at a meeting um so so maybe that's something we can look at with with adding a an assistant referee in in somewhere uh, to to help that you know them difficult calls where the where the actual referee can't can't see things as clear as others. Good suggestions. Um, if you're going to pick an opposition for your all time team to, to sort of race against, um, this is an actual team that has existed, a, a complete team, a real life team. Um, you know, from 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 the past, any time, uh, past or present, maybe. Um, who who would you go for? I've gone with a '91 Bandits team when uh, when they were in the in the top league. I think uh, it was. Unbelievable to imagine that that Berwick could attract riders that they did. You know they had Calvin Tatum, Michael Blicks, uh, Richard Knight, Jimmy Nelson, um, and then a, a couple of local guys with with Rob Grant Senior, Kevin Little, and Scott Robson. So I I remember that year uh, quite vividly. It was it was obviously a, a great time to be a Speedway fan in the town, seeing seeing all the best riders in the world come come to Berwick. It was it was quite unbelievable. Yeah, it was an interesting time, wasn't it? I know, I know it didn't necessarily end very well for some of the riders involved, but um, you know, it was uh, it was like living the dream while it lasted, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It was uh, yeah, and, and they were quite successful actually as well. I, I mean, it's it's not hard to see why when when you see the the team that they had it was uh you know three three riders there that were that were all world finalists so um i think if you you know you you put that into in a modern day speedway it, it's like it would be un, unreal you know you'd be like having woofy uh and and Laguta leading your leading your team. I think anybody would, would have that, wouldn't they? Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad lineup either. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and and um how about you, Leon? See, I'm at a disadvantage here. I don't have that many years of of knowledge of, of many old teams. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Since you said all them names, I'll go with Roslav. Roslav's team this year. Eh? Well, yeah, <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> it's a decent. It's a decent lineup. I mean, they didn't win the. Sorry, sorry, Beric. <laughs> sorry, Beric Bandits seventy-eight. Is that is that better? <laughs> Beric Bandits. <laughs> just... Don't even don't even know who was in it. But I will go with that. It's probably a vintage yeah. year. That's even before my time. <laughs> <laughs> Beric Bandit seventy eight. They were a nomad team that year, weren't they? I think they rode a barrel, <laughs> so they must have been crap. <laughs> <laughs> barrel. Ah, well, I, need to, I need 
I need easy opposition for my team. I need we need to win. Just getting the <laughs> Berwick Bandits nineteen seventy eight team up here. <laughs> yeah. They were riding in the National League. Um yeah. Names such as Graham Jones, Dave Gifford, Jack Millen, <laughs> Mike Fullerton, Willie Templeton, Colin Caffrey. Names like that. There you go. Colin Caffrey, Mitchell Davies, father-in-law. There you go. You'll get you'll get brownie points for that, Leon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the first time that Berwick Bandits 1978 has been picked, but it's the first time for everything. There you go. Thanks, Leon. <laughs> I can't remember what I'd done yesterday, let alone think of bloody old teams. <laughs> Well, thanks, Leon. Uh, I'm sure people will turn out in their droves, if not tens, to see the Berwick Bandits of 1978 get back on track for one final hurrah. Um, Fantastic. Thanks for that. And uh, good luck with everything in this forthcoming year, Leon. And um, it's set to be a big year. Are you racing on the continent again? Because we mentioned earlier you did dabble in that um, over in Sweden. Have you got any plans on uh, on that front, obviously you're racing with Berwick and, and Wolves in Britain, but um, any plans overseas? Not at the moment, no. Um, unfortunately, still having a bit of drama with my uh, Polish kind of career. Um, but aye, it's kind of out of my hands at the minute. Um, I'm sure if I start off the season running and... Um, give them all a reason to uh, sign me up it, it shouldn't be a problem and it's pretty cutthroat isn't it Poland there's a lot of demands for you to be there to to, to train be out there running be practice riding um, and then no guarantee that you're actually going to get a meeting and they can ditch you whenever whenever they fancy you've got to do it if you want to be the best um, but yeah unfortunately it's, it's not the same like here um, you know I'll speak on Wolves' behalf um, to to make it sound a bit a bit better. But you know, if I ever had a problem or a question or I needed picked up somewhere, if I gave, obviously Beric would would hundred percent do the same. Um, but if I ever had a problem, either of the clubs would would go out the way to to try and solve that for me. Um, where with that, it's you know you you kind of just on your own. Um, you know, even the start of last year, I went out to Ribnick to do some training. Me and uh, young Declan Colleen, who was helping me at the time, and it was literally just just us that really spoke English there. Um, I just felt very isolated there. Um, it gets quite lonely. But, you know, if you want to be the best, you know, we, we've all got to go and do it and race race on the big stages that they have. Um which I hope to do in the near future. Well, cheers both. It's been fantastic chatting with you and some some good laughs and all the best to the both of you for your uh, respective endeavours in 2023. Uh, Gary with uh, with Berwick, of course, uh, the Bandits and the Bullets and uh, Leon uh, captaining the Berwick Bandits and uh, rising star for the Wolverhampton Wolves. Hope you have a, a great season and, and thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm just waiting for my for my discount code for BSN. <laughs> <laughs> Shy Ben's get no. 
<laughs> Cheers, Leon. Leon Flint and Gary Flint on Humans of Speedway. I hope you've enjoyed the chat as much as I have. And uh, if you are listening to this um, just after we've released it, uh, then you can join myself and Leon and uh, a number of other uh, members of the Great Britain youth team who will be um, taking part in the celebration of Speedway, which is free to attend at the Brandon Club in Coventry. And that is on Saturday, the 11th of February at 7pm. If you can come down, uh, everybody is welcome. And um, it's going to be a great evening of uh, Speedway chat, uh, including with Leon Flint in person, Sam McGurk, Luke Harrison and Cooper Russian. I might have to ask Sam McGurk about the time that Gary Flint was practising on that track up at Dunn's. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And check out our most recent one as well if you're new to Humans of Speedway. There's lots to go out, but the most recent one before this was with the new Pool Pirates signing Adam Roynan. Uh, thanks for joining us on Humans of Speedway, and we hope to catch you again very soon on the next episode. Take care. Goodbye. Podcast Network.